Sisters and elders, welcome to the Preach My Gospel training podcast. I'm your host, Julia Carlson, and today we have with us Elder William K. Jackson, who served in Bolivia and the India Bangalore Mission, and Elder Vai Sikahema, who served in North Dakota, both currently serving as Assistant Executive Directors in the Missionary Department. Thanks so much for being here with us today. We're thrilled to be with you, Julia. Thank you. Appreciate it. Our topic for today is about teaching by the Spirit. We wanted to start with this question. Would it be okay if you started by sharing what it means to you to teach by the Spirit? Elder Jackson, why don't you go ahead and go first? Thank you so much. Uh, This really is the key to successful missionary work. I think we need to remind ourselves from time to time who the Holy Ghost is. I mean, the Holy Ghost is a member of the Godhead. And his job, his role and responsibility is to teach the gospel, to change hearts. That's one of his primary responsibilities as a member of that team. Uh, The Holy Ghost is a purveyor of truth. The Holy Ghost carries truth into the hearts of the people that we teach and into our own hearts and is a critical and essential component in the conversion process. Uh, The scriptures are pretty clear for missionaries that our job is to preach the gospel, and it's the job of the comforter or the Holy Ghost to teach the truth. Uh, We are told in section 50 of the Doctrine and Covenants that uh, to be successful as a teacher, we need to teach with the Spirit and help those we are teaching receive or hear through the Spirit. When that happens, we understand one another and are edified and rejoice together. We're taught uh, by the prophet Joseph Smith and by the Savior that if we don't have the Spirit, we shall not teach, the scriptures say. I think we could also, we could rephrase that a little and say, without the Spirit, we cannot teach. We can talk, we can debate, we can argue, we can do anything we want. But without the Spirit's help at getting truth from point A to point B, Mm -hmm. uh, we will always be less effective. Every missionary's dream, uh, I think, is found in section 11, verse 21, where we are told to seek not to declare my word, but first seek to obtain my word, and then shall your tongue be loosed. Then, if you desire, you shall have my spirit and my word, yea, the power of God unto the convincing of men. What missionary doesn't want that power? And that comes through this wonderful member of the Godhead fulfilling his role in their work. Everything we hope for our friends that we teach, uh, the Spirit provides. And so uh, this this question of uh, what it means to teach by the Spirit really is, it's elementary but also foundational. Because without the Spirit, we just can't get the job done. Yeah. You reminded me the title of Preach My Gospel comes from section 50. That's right. And that verse (laughs) says to preach my gospel by the Spirit, right? This is the very center of what the missionaries are being asked to do. I thank you so much. That was really insightful. Elder Sagehema, what would you add to that? Amen. (laughs) Just amen. (laughs) We just received a dissertation. I'm the junior companion sitting in on a great discussion, and my senior companion has just hit it out of the ballpark. Well, let me ask you this then. If a new missionary were to ask you, how do I know if I'm teaching by the Spirit, what would you tell them? That's a great question, Julia. 
I think about what uh, Elder Bednar once said in teaching a group of, um, I think they were institute and seminary teachers. When he talked, he, he discussed this this question with them, and um, and he cited the, um, the sacramental prayers, in which as long as and and he said as, as something to the effect that as long as we are doing our best, keeping our covenants, um, and remember Him, that we have His Spirit to be with us. We always have His Spirit to be with us. Yeah. We often don't remember that. Sadly, that phrase that we will have His Spirit to always be with us means even when we're we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing but we're trying to do our best we don't have to be perfect to have his spirit to be with us always yeah. i guess that's what i'm trying to say yeah um and so his spirit is always with us you know i'll, I'll cite this experience that um that illustrates this i worked back east in television in the city of philadelphia and there's three bridges that connect downtown philadelphia to new jersey where i actually lived and I always took the Betsy Ross Bridge every single day because it was just easier. It was drive, freeway driving to, to use that bridge. Yeah. One night I drove home and for, I, I, I can't even explain why it happened. Just as simple as, as I was sitting there at the wheel, um, there wasn't a light there. There was just an exit ramp. I decided to take the Ben Franklin Bridge that night. I go on my way and I go home and I go to bed. Yeah. The next morning, this was still when newspapers were delivered to your to your driveway. I opened a paper and I'm and I'm reading, and I'm reading the front page, which I rarely ever do. But I'm flipping through, and seven or eight pages in, I come across a two paragraph little blurb that the night before on the Betsy Ross Bridge, there had been a four or five car pileup, and two people had lost their lives. Oh wow! And what was more amazing is I read the story. In the second paragraph, it mentioned that this happened at like 12.15 um, in the morning. As I'm reading this, now I'm doing a quick calculation. I'm thinking at 12.15, that's when I would have been driving. And I thought, why did I do that? Yeah. And, and, and how did that happen? Well, it occurred to me that the Spirit is always with me as long as I'm trying to do my best and I'm partaking of, sacrament, of the sacrament worthily that the Spirit is always going to be with me, even when I don't know and I don't feel that it's there. So I think it happens that way even when we teach. When we are doing our very best, the Spirit is always going to be with us. He'll guide us and direct us when we don't even know it. Yeah, Does that make sense? It does. For me, I think it's more of a feeling of comfort. When I'm conversing with someone or being taught by somebody who has the Spirit, there's just that comfortable feeling that we're understanding each other, that we're communicating, uh, asking good questions back and forth that reassures me that the spirit is in that conversation. Yeah. Let, let me just chime in with this, uh, Julie, because you, one of you, um, I can't remember which, noted, um, you know, section 50. I, I, I love these verses. Therefore, why is it that ye cannot understand and know that he that receiveth the word by the spirit of truth Receiveth he receiveth it as it is preached by the Spirit of Truth. Wherefore he that preacheth, and he that receiveth, understand one another, and both are edified and rejoice together. It's powerful in that both the 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 giver and the receiver are edified together. I think that's a great summary of this concept that missionary will teach by the spirit and also probably learn from mm. the person they're teaching, right? Mm. As they together discuss, the spirit can help both of them. All right, let's go to this question. 
What is rote teaching and how's that different from teaching by the Spirit? And why do you think that missionaries sometimes fall into rote teaching? So before we get to the answer on this question, I want to read what the First Presidency has asked the missionaries to do. This quote's twice in Preaching My Gospel. Um, it says, Our purpose is to teach the message of the restored gospel in such a way as to allow the Spirit to direct both the missionaries and those being taught. It is essential to learn the missionary lessons, but these should not be taught by rote presentation. So what is rote teaching? Rote teaching is memorized and uh, in some ways robotic type teaching like we may experience when we take a call from a telemarketer yeah. or a computer. Uh, memorization of uh, materials, of scriptures, of incidents in the life of the Savior, or the prophet Joseph, uh, can be extremely valuable in teaching uh, because we have treasured up in our minds those things that then the Spirit can bring to our remembrance. Uh, memorization helps us to learn and gain greater understanding. But teaching by rote memorization, just giving word for word what you have memorized off of a piece of paper, can sometimes be less effective. Remember, our goal is to be a facilitator for the Spirit. Yeah. We have to be able to listen to the Spirit and to feel what the person we're teaching is feeling in order to facilitate that type of communication, that type of spiritual communication. If we're just rattling off words in the order in which we memorize them without thinking, then we, we fail to connect with the person that we're trying to teach and that we're trying to relate to. If we always do things exactly the same way, we sort of show a disregard for the needs or the interest of the person being taught. You know, the famous story about Elder Holland uh, sharing with the missionaries in the MTC maybe a dozen years ago. Um, it had to do with, I think it was in Czechoslovakia, two missionaries knock on the door and a woman answers the door and she slams the door in their face because she doesn't want to see ministers. Turns out uh, she, her three-year-old had just died and her minister had did not give her any solace about the death of the child. In fact, said, not only is the child going to hell, but so are you because right. the child wasn't baptized. And these two young missionaries then read to her from Moroni 8, the beautiful doctrine that children are alive in Christ. Now, if those two missionaries didn't know where to find that doctrine, that it, that it exists and lives in Moroni 8, they would not have been able to teach that woman and bring her and her family into the gospel because that is what she needed. Doctrine of child baptism and that they're alive in Christ is what she needed to hear, yeah. not the first vision. The first vision will come yeah. in time. What she needed to hear to draw her in was this issue that she had with a child that had just passed away who hadn't been baptized. And those two young missionaries knew where to help her, how to help her. Yeah, that's such a beautiful example. Elder Jackson. Elders and sisters, please remember that we need to follow the pattern of teaching that was shown us by the Savior. Uh, he recognized that each individual and family that he taught were unique and needed a unique message that was tailored for them and for their experience. Um, it's important that we, that we have the 
doctrines and the teachings of the gospel stored up in our mind and ready to go at a moment's notice. But we still teach one to one like the Savior did. Yeah. You've both articulated kind of what the rest of the statement says from the First Presidency. They say the missionary should feel free to use his own words as prompted by the Spirit. He should not give a memorized recitation, but speak from the heart in his own terms. What have you learned about the importance of speaking out of your own conviction and in your own words and bearing testimony of the truth of what you teach? Well, the the biggest benefit of doing something like that is it's absolutely genuine and it's real. And uh, one thing that human beings are really good at are recognizing when somebody is speaking from their heart Hmm. or when they're just trying to tick a box. And so, uh, uh, in fact, we said how easy, it's easier to memorize and just just blurt something out. It might actually be even easier just to tell your own stories and to, to be natural with people and just to share what you know then you have then you don't have to worry about all the other stuff that you're trying to learn and piece together but just teach truth uh, when truth comes out of our mouth like section 50 talks about the spirit will take over from there and do the heavy lifting yeah chapter great. 10 says that you cannot um, convert people beyond your own conversion um, if you're not if you're not converted you it is impossible it is impossible to bear witness of the Book of Mormon if you have not read it, if you don't have a conviction of it. Um, you may think you can, you can add flowery words, but it won't, it won't have the impact that you think it will have. Um, as, as Elder Jackson mentioned, people, people are born with this antenna that they can pick up. They can pick up authenticity, and, uh, and they feel it, and they sense it. So if you... If, you have a testimony of tithing because you you pay tithing. Uh, it will feel differently to the person listening than if you don't have a testimony of tithing. And you can say it, but it's going to feel different um, in how it comes across and how it's felt. Yeah, I love that example. I think there's lots of moments in my mission where I had learned a little bit more about what the principle meant to me personally and then how I was teaching it got a lot better. Does that make sense? Like yeah, I was absolutely. able to speak from my own experience. <laughs> I was able to share how living something had blessed my family or how the Savior had helped me in a circumstance. And that brings me to this question. I think this is really important to think about. Um, if I'm a missionary that wants to increase my capacity to teach by the Spirit, what can I do? Where can I start? You start with the Scriptures, and you start with, with uh, Preach My Gospel. Um, you start there, and you have you have ample opportunity in uh, in companionship study and personal study time um, to prepare yourself. Read and follow the simple programs of uh, preach my gospel and study the scriptures in a way and in a manner that will help edify, will help inform, um, that will bring light and understanding to these various principles of the gospel. Um, and as you said, Julia, the, the you know we, we if if the pool is shallow, then the spirit doesn't have much to draw uh, from, right? Um, but if you deepen that pool and widen it, the more that the the spirit will have to draw from uh, in the very moment that you need it. Yeah, 
I, I love that thought. I think the spirit can draw from our studies and our efforts to prepare our lesson and to be united with our companion. And it also draws from our attributes, from our hearts, right? The way we're living and our humility and our desire. Are there any last thoughts you had about teaching by the Spirit you'd want to share with missionaries in the field, either new missionaries or their trainers or anybody else who might be listening? Let me start, and then we'll, we'll let uh, Elder Jackson wrap up. I would just say this quickly in closing, that these principles that you're learning as a missionary will serve you well all of your life. And you'll find yourself sitting in front of someone who a part member family that you're ministering to or you're a, um, a Relief Society counselor or young women's president visiting with young women in your ward or in your branch. Um, and they'll share with you things in their lives and seek help from you. The same principle applies. You will be able to draw in a reservoir of experiences and verses of scripture that will bless them. We're, we're, not, we're not teaching these principles so that it just is helpful to you in your mission. This will serve you your entire life. When you're a parent and you have teenagers who come to you with problems, you will know what to say to them. You will be able to draw on experiences and verses of scripture that will touch and will draw them closer to you yeah, well said, well said. Yeah, it, it will be one of the, uh, it certainly is one of the most important things that a missionary can do for themselves and for their future on the mission is develop this relationship with the Spirit. Uh, what I might add just here as we, as we wrap up is the importance of making sure that we invite the Spirit, this third companion, as Elder Holland likes to, likes to call the Holy Ghost, into everything that we do. If we invite the Spirit to the discussion or to the conversation, uh, then we have a much greater chance of being able to change a heart or answer somebody's question. Uh, there are a lot of ways when you teach to invite the Spirit to the lesson. Uh, things such as prayer, when you just beginning with prayer and ending with prayer invites the spirit, uh, making sure that you take the time to testify of truth, uh, using the scriptures, particularly when you allow the person you're teaching to hold those scriptures in their hand and read with their own voice truth as it comes off of these pages, uh, stories, uh, stories from the scriptures, stories from church history and personal stories, things that you know to be true, that you own, that are yours and that are real. These, these things invite the Spirit, as do inspired questions and music and media, additional tools. Uh, can I share just an experience, if you Please don't do. mind? Uh, we served in India, <clears throat> the India New Delhi mission, as mission leaders, and we had a companionship uh, come to the mission home and, and share an experience they had one day. They had been out teaching this very humble family in their home uh, the first vision of all things, and they were using the media, this, these wonderful tools that the church has developed for us that are so well done. And as the story of Joseph Smith's 
experience in the sacred grove began to, you know, unfold on the TV screen, the sound went out. And always, there's always something going wrong, right? right. All these obstacles. If it's not the electricity, it's, it's the equipment. Yeah. Anyway, the missionaries very quickly jumped in and started giving a play-by-play of what was going on in this video of Joseph Smith. And this humble Indian family shushed them. The mother put her finger to her lips and, you know, shh, don't, don't talk. And they just sat there for 10 minutes and watched this video in silence. The missionaries reported that tears were streaming down the mother's face as she watched this video. And she, she was being taught by the spirit uh, this, this media allowed her to just be taught by the Spirit. She understood what was going on in there. And uh, uh, this family uh, accepted the invitation to come to church and to have further lessons before they were ultimately baptized. And so there's great power. You have so many tools as a missionary as you teach to, to work into your lesson plan that will invite the spirit over and over and over again because we need to always remember that the spirit is the teacher. What a great thought. Let's end on that. Uh, Elders and sisters, thanks so much for joining us today. If you have any thoughts or questions about the things we've discussed, feel free to reach out to your mission leaders and and keep discussing with the other missionaries around you. Uh, We love you and are praying for you and we know you can do this. (laughs) 